There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is Tuesday, allegedly the most productive of the week. I think we're going to fill that promise for you today. Here on Lori and Julia, here on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment, streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We're also on the MyTalk app. Lori and Julia both back in the studio this afternoon, bringing you through the rest of the day. Here we go. Here we go. The girl's back. Oh, can we say discombobulated? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. There's something. That word takes us back to every vacation Lori's been on for 18 years. <laughs> I know it. I know it. And I don't know why I get so discombobulated. But I feel you get up early to get on a flight. Yeah, but let me tell you, there's uh, no need to get to the airport two hours early anymore, <laughs> kids. That's the upside of traveling. And you get a row, and you get a row, and you get a row. Everybody gets a row. So it was... Uh, I. It was nice to sleep. Yeah. You know, because I, I mean, really, the airport is so quiet. That was probably the weirdest thing on Thursday night when I flew out. There was one board of departures right. where normally there would be five it, or six. Right. You know, but, it's different. I mean, but did you feel safe? I and, totally yeah. felt safe. I mean, the flight attendants just give you a, an enclosed plastic bag with stuff, and I did my wipe down, which I've always done anyway. And yeah, so it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I did feel very comfortable. They give you a little pack of Purell, a wipe as soon as you get on board, right? So you can wipe your own. If you're Area. worried, if you haven't been able to find Clorox wipes, right? Who has been able to? Right. They give you a little. One, so that you can just uh, do your own cleaning in your seat area. But, yeah, it was super, you know, I didn't feel any problem. Mm -mm. Uh, Here's one thing about going to the state of Washington. I will tell you, I appreciated. It's a state that mandates masks. It does. The whole entire state. If you're in public, you're wearing a mask. Even outside. Walking. No, no, no. no, But just in in public places. Places. Any yes. business, any place where other yes. people go, you have a mask on. Although I was at Dick's, um, you know, picking up some burgers last night. It's a famous kind of burger stand. Okay, um, I'm like Dick's Sporting Dick's, Goods. No, you no, it's I just can't figure that out. <laughs> hamburger stand, but they okay. had made they had people because you're, there's always a line at Dick's. They sure. do have people who keep their masks on, even though you're standing outside at like a a food know, truck. Kind not of thing. a food truck. It's a big, huge. Um, Looks like something out of the 60s. Oh. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so they, you know, they, uh, that was nice because everybody was just doing it. Exactly. And Washington is kind of having like another outbreak, like many, uh, many Many other other states. states. And they've been a very slow to open state. 
haven't they? They went down first. Yeah, and are coming out the last. Yeah, they really have. But my sister had a party at her house. So you went to Seattle to see in your family. Yeah, it was going to a wedding. A wedding was going to be happening on Saturday, which got canceled because they could only have whatever, maybe twenty people. Right. And so, anyway, my sister uh, ended up hiring an Elvis impersonator, Danny Vernon, who played at my mom's. I. 68th birthday party, which was 10 years ago. And my sister lives on Puget Sound. You know, my other niece got married there last year. Big, huge yard, you know, big, I mean, lots of room. I posed by a pink Cadillac. Danny brought his pink Cadillac. Just this time they hired the Elvis impersonator this weekend? Yes, on Friday night. I would never forget the last story from the last time. Yes, and and it was everybody was outside and everybody brought their own chairs and their own food. How fun was that? I mean, Danny was, you know, he was hot. Was he the same guy? Same guy. Oh, gosh. And he came back to your house? To my sister's house. (laughs) I remember the last time. Oh, yeah. No, so that was super fun. And, you know, like for a lot of people there, it was like their first outing that they had done. Right. And live know? music. And, and live music. Smiling and, and laughing. And my sister said, everyone has to, you know, just bring a mask, your own chair, your own thing to drink. And if you want to eat something, I'm not serving anything. And it was just outside. In that is so nice. Yeah, so that was really fun. And then, did, did you know about it? Was it a surprise? No, I, I did know oh, about okay. it. I did know about it. And and geez, Danny's lost like uh, thirty pounds because the last time I saw him, I, you know, I felt like the leather and the white was a little tight. You know, his jumpsuit, but he's looking real good. Is he like pre army Elvis now? Yeah, real, <laughs> real, real good. And I think I think Danny might be, I don't know, he might be like fifty. Because you, know, you said he's so good he's last so good. time. He's sanctioned. He's got the blessing, you know, yes. from the Elvis Presley estate, and he's competed in Memphis during, you know, Elvis Presley week. And of course, you know what's happening with all people who play music for a living. They have you know, got his nothing. salary has been cut right by three quarters because right. all he can do is private parties. Because a big part of what people do are playing. He does like a lot of casinos. Sure. And, you know, maybe an elk or a Lions Club or being in Arizona. You know, he does a lot of stuff where, you know, that's not happening anymore. So anyway, that was super fun. And, you know, I read a couple books on my Muti's lovely patio. Mm -hmm. And one night for fun, because we couldn't go out anywhere. This must have been such a different experience for you. Because you go to a movie usually, you go out. Yes, we go out, you know, we do things. But we had a YouTube concert night at my brother's, socially distanced in his living room. And we went around. Everyone would have a turn and could play a song. And then we would find the concert footage. And then we just would watch whatever, you know. That's kind of fun. And, you know, all kinds of stuff. And finally, my brother said to his husband, stop asking for... Maudlin songs from the 40s and 50s. He's a little older. Well, he's a little older, but I mean, like, that's the thing at YouTube concert night. When it's your turn to pick you the band, you get to pick whatever you want. Band, right? Well, like, give me an example of who he'd pick. Oh, Dinah Washington. He did a, 
He did a Melanie song from the 70s <laughs> called The Good Book, which I never oh, heard. Oh, I was going to be like, is it Glenn Miller? Like Moonlight 70s kind of. But it was yeah. a good, you know, it was funny because we were all being exposed to different concerts. Because you have all have different yeah, yeah, music yeah. tastes. Did your mom just pick Elvis or did yes. she pick, yeah. Yeah, even though we just had Probably Elvis. Probably her mom is the biggest Elvis fan. Oh, th- four of us had our Elvis face coverings on. At the same time. <laughs> At the concert. And then we realized, oh, we're sitting far enough apart, facing forward. We don't need right. to have them on. We're not talking to anybody. But yeah, it was. Tell her the story about when your mom was supposed to go see Elvis in Duluth. Oh, Lord. 1977? 1976? Five. Five. Okay. No, 1975. And Elvis is coming to the Duluth Arena for the first time. And now he is, you know, he is. Fat Elvis. Jumpsuit. He's strained, but my mom has loved him forever. My dad is stationed in Thailand. He forbids my mom to go to the concert from He doesn't even live on the continent. Okay. Lori's at, her mom is at home with four kids. Yeah. And we're all, you know, my sister, just go. He'll never know. No, he'll call that night and I can't disobey my husband. You know, 1975 though. And she did not go. And she... To this day, can get all worked up about it. I would <laughs> oh, that she oh. and he's on another. He's in Taiwan, Thailand, in Thailand. Yeah, what's no. Taiwan? Yeah, Thailand, Thailand, yeah. whatever. But yeah, and and then and I didn't go. I didn't go you, because a I didn't have the money. I, I really hadn't started working. I don't think he played the summer of seventy five. And the next year when he came. Like eight weeks before he died, I couldn't. No, none of my friends would go. They're like, "Elvis is lame." Oh, I know. And then, like seven weeks later, he dies. <sighs> anyway, what could have been? What I know been? it could have been. You know, but my girlfriend was a maid at the Radisson, and she did change the sheets in his room. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> you never told me that. <laughs> And the Radisson probably at the top where it twirled around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it spun. It's still there. All oh, right, gosh. listen. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Hey, everybody. It's Tuesday. Maybe you're having a short work week. Are people taking vacation, do you guys think? I kind of feel like, this you know, week? the road, like I, the people are going to cabins and stuff. I've seen, I've seen... Heading 35 heading north with yeah. a lot of bikes on the back of trailers and campers and things like that happening. Right. The yeah. parks are a little empty on the weekends. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people are just, you know, like getting to a cabin. Maybe people are opening up their cabin invitations just a tiny little bit. Like here, so? use my, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's clamped down. There's nowhere to go. No, right. I think everyone's using their damn cabins because okay. there's nothing else to do, Lori. But I love you offering up everyone else's cabins for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go use it. The boat broke last weekend, but have fun. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> there's uh, an old rowboat somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, don't mind towing. Don't forget the life jacket. Exactly. All right, so last night I, 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 I'm sitting with my sister and I said, oh, I suppose I better... I better look at some stuff. I got to get back to the world of gossip tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to look for some things and just send myself because I've got this early morning flight. So, of course, I always go right to Twitter. I see Kanye's trending. I sent something to Holly because I ended up being in real Twitter time with all the stuff that he was tweeting last right, night. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I was just like, I sent Holly one and I was just like, and she's like, yep, he's de- and then you said, I think he was... He was deleting things in real time because like you, Lori, I was watching all of this unfold and some of the tweets about Anna Wintour, Shia LaBeouf, his Gap 
projects. He took those off right away. Well, he right away. T- he caused gap raises to tumble six percent after his. Uh, it's amazing. His crazy. I mean, how it affects everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just, my sister and I are just like looking at each other as he's tweeting stuff about. Now you, this. I'm really the guy in Get Out. The Kardashians are doing to me like I'm the Get Out. Bill Cosby, NBC framed Bill Cosby. I mean, it was just, uh, my kids will never pose for Playboy. Chris Jenner, stay away from my kids. I mean, it was just, it went on and on. I thought, is he doing this to distract from the loony um, type of like, is I don't because I don't. I guess he has said he's bipolar. He said he's bipolar. He did say that. So, he was diagnosed I don't know. In, in 2018, I believe. And then he said it was a sleep deprivation thing because Chris Jenner said that's bad for the brand or something. Oh gosh! <laughs> Who knows? But it was just so we were just kind of watching that, and I looked at her. I said, "Gee, that I haven't really had a a Twitter like been right along on the same mm-hmm. time." <laughs> Thing. It was just like wild to see. And then, of course, uh, all the morning shows uh, covered it because uh, I guess it's 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 what is it? I, well, we tried to ignore it yesterday. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to ignore because he like you said, he has so many followers and he just keeps I think the presidential part is the part that I just no one wants to give him any attention. Yeah. But I think because that's like a, we're, we're watching his his illness mm. on a live platform like no other. Right. It's, it's everyone's seeing it. And it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Yeah. Not to discuss it. So we have a little bit of okay. um, audio from GMA kind of wrapping it up. Overnight, he sent out more than 20 tweets, even taking aim at his family. Now many fans say they're worried about Kanye. Overnight, rapper Kanye West raising concerns with a series of tweets, some aimed at his mother-in-law and wife, claiming the duo wanted him locked up. Kanye writes to his 30 million followers, Kim was trying to fly to Wyoming with a doctor to lock me up, like on the movie Get Out, because I cried about saving my daughter's life yesterday. The tweet references a comment West made at his first presidential campaign event in South Carolina on Sunday. Claiming he became pro-life after conversations with his wife, Kim Kardashian West, during her first pregnancy. Kanye says it was Kim who ultimately insisted on keeping the baby. Oh, we have one more cut. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's just play it. Kanye also tweeted to mother-in-law Kris Jenner that she will not be allowed to see his children. West is currently at his ranch in Wyoming while his wife and family are in California. He later tweeted, I love my wife. My family must live next to me. It's not up to E! or NBC anymore. According to People, Kardashian West was furious at her husband for sharing intimate details about their daughter. Earlier this month, West announced his intention to run for president. The artist has stirred up controversy with other social media rants before. His recent behavior now raising concerns for the rapper, who has also been open about managing his bipolar. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Disorder in the past. When you're in this state, you're hyper paranoid 
about everything. Everyone now is an actor. Everything is a conspiracy. You see everything. You feel the government is putting chips in your head. You feel you're being recorded. You feel all of these things. Now, Kanye has since deleted the tweets about his wife and mother-in-law, saying instead that he is going to focus on the music. Cecilia? Okay. And that was at the end of yes. all this other stuff. And he says Donda is coming out on Friday. And then you're just like, is this part of anything? But I do just think he is... Uh, he's in a in, he's in a state. He he's in he's a grown ass man. I mean, yep. they it's it, he he has by his own admission says he's resistant to treatment. We have experience with family members with that bipolar. have been bipolar, and let me and tell it, you, you can't talk. You can't. There's no. It's There's the most no, difficult thing it, to do. It's very difficult because people have a right to their own bodies over 18 years old, you know. And so yeah. you can't force anyone to take their medication, to do anything. I mean, you can try to get a psychiatric um, situation and a lockdown kind of thing. And he was saying, you know, Kim is trying to come and get me with a doctor on a plane and put me away and keep Chris away from my kids. And he he's so damaging um, because what he said it was so hurtful about their daughter North and about his wife and about everything. He just I, I wish they would so even hard. I, I, he shouldn't have a Twitter account. How do you take it away? But you know he's an adult, right? This is the hard. You thing. cannot force treatment, and Mm-mm. sometimes bipolar patients don't like to take their medication because they don't it like gets, how it makes them feel. Yep, gets rid of the big highs, the big lows, and they feel a little lethargic. I don't know what medication is these days, but I remember that with family members in the my you know in the past. It's it's really unfortunate. Dave Chappelle went there today. He flew there mm. and to see him and um I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I I won't be surprised when Kim and Kanye split up. I'd because I, Amber Rose could have told And Kim, she was the girlfriend before Kim. She's the girlfriend who is basically part of, would you call it hip-hop history, and that she's the one who inspired my dark, twisted musical, whatever that member has oh, my dark, twisted fantasy? Yeah. Yes, which mm-hmm. is considered, like, you know, one of Kanye's, like, you know, genius. And she gave interviews, like, uh, maybe three years ago about... How exhausting and how mean he was, and then he was nice, and then he was really super mean after they broke up, years after they broke up. Remember when he gave the interview, I had to take 30 showers before I was with her? I mean, he's just been such a problem for such a long time, but he's 42, and I, I hope that when he has a moment of clarity, he listens to his wife or one of his friends. What can we say? Well said. All right, there we go. What? Yes, yes. So because it was a low-key weekend in the little town of Des Moines, Washington, there was a lot of book reading that was done by Petimois. I was very excited because I had two new books from Chapter 2 Books that I took off with me, Sex and Vanity, Kevin Kwan. Yes. And then The Vanishing Half, which is number one on the New York Times bestseller uh, by Britt Bennett. So read both of those wonderful Same. books. Okay, so look at that. Same. Nice. We're... I listened to them. Oh, you did? I listened okay. to them both. When you got, when you started last week talking about taking the Kevin Kwan new book, and like you said, he wrote Crazy Rich 
occasions. Yes. And I'm like, Sex and Vanity, I'm like, I got to get that because I'm going to be jealous if you read that and I don't. Yes. And then I had um, The Vanishing Half got earlier in the month. Um, which one should we start with? Let's start with let's start with the frothy sex and vanity, vanity because Kevin Kwan, who did write Crazy Rich Asians and China Rich Girlfriend, I forget what the third one was, and, you know, turned down a gob of money from Netflix to make a movie. He gambled yes. on the movie. He wanted um, to have it be seen in the movie theater. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. now tackles crazy rich Americans. And uh, Sex and Vanity is, I didn't realize this until I read, uh, I think it was the LA Times, that he set out for himself. He wanted to do it loosely based on E.M. Forster's A Room with a View. But basically the only thing his story has in common with that is that a setting, a beautiful setting. A beautiful setting, and then the 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 woman betwe- torn between two, two lovers, two guys. Who do you really love? Mm-hmm. And it's in Italy. Well, yes, yes. It, yes. Capri, Capri, Capri. That's how mm-hmm. the person would say it. Capri. Capri. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, so you, I asked you last week. You know, you had been to Capri with my dad and Casey. Ugh. Years, what, like five? No, Dad's been dead over that. Yeah, probably eight years yeah. ago for and, his eightieth. And so the his rich detail describing the history of Capri mm-hmm. and that houses couldn't be built there. You know, they had a nothing has been built there like past the sixties. Since mm-hmm. the 60s. So the history was so lovely. And the decadence that he took us through in Crazy Rich Asians was Singapore and all the wealth and all the things we didn't know. I felt like there's this whole new world that we were exposed to. Of private villas and, and cloisters and runes and, and legendary lore about Capri that you would know just being like a day tripper, which is right. how a lot of people, you know, experience and the itinerary, is, it was a setting for a wedding that everyone's invited yeah. to. And so it's Capri, then we go to Manhattan, and then we go to the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, I, I mean, I I very much enjoyed it. It was just, it was fun. It was frothy. It, it was a total escape. It felt nice to daydream because he's such a good storyteller and evocative painter of words yes he is he really can you can feel like you're on this begonia ville you know vista of some villa jutting out over the aegean sea you and the know, color of the water, water. yeah and just and how people dressed and the he, i learned some new things about you know real just real extreme wealth Oh my! Yeah, I mean, like I extreme wealth. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is crazy rich yeah. Americans, so we got the crazy rich Asians, and it was just fun. Yeah, it I was would agree. fun. My brother was on the waiting list at the library, and he was like, you know, number two hundred. Yes. My mom wanted to read it, so I just I left, left it book. for those yeah. guys because everyone would like reading that book, and it was just it was. It'll just, be a great movie whenever it's made, and and it has. It's already been, it's been optioned. It's been sold. Oh, jeez, yeah. of course. Yeah, the same We're company. About sex and Vanity. The same company that adapted Crazy Rich Asians got Sex and Vanity. 
Did you like that movie, Holly, or read the books? I didn't see it. Oh, you anyone. didn't? No, I did not. You would like you it. You really would. Because one of the things that made that movie so great was, A, they shot it on location. They had an amazing budget for clothes and stuff. It was perfectly cast. I remember everyone was Asian, Asian in it. And, and they all adamant. the music was in Mandarin. It yes. starts out with Material Girl. <laughs> I mean, it really added just like this... It was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful. It's a wonderful movie. This so. is a great, fun page turner. Finding read. love, your yeah. identity, and, you know, and it, it, anyway, so yeah, so they haven't done any casting or anything for Sex and Vanity, but Kevin Kwan, um, he, he, I mean, he turned down so much money from Netflix for Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. He said he could have moved to an island and never worked another day of his life. And then he gambled on Warner Brothers doing a movie, getting a back end. And it was the first time a major studio had backed a movie with an all-Asian cast since Amy Tan's The Joy Luck Club in 1993. He felt so strongly about this needs to be my movie and all Asians. That's how I wrote it. I mean, if you think about it, 1993 to 20... 18. I mean, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. And it became the highest grossing romantic comedy in a decade. I could see that again tonight. I'm glad yes. that we reminded this because I think escapism right now sounds glorious. Yes. And I could watch that movie again tonight. It's so good. It's so good. Crazy Holly, let that be an assignment and tell us if you don't think it is great as we said. <laughs> and, and Aquafina's in it and she's everything. The casting is really great. Yeah. I will have it on my list, not for tonight, but by the end of the week. Just do it because really it is. It's delicious. We we didn't have a, we hadn't had a great movie in a long time. And that kind of. Remember how excited we were to uh, see that? I think we went to the opening at the West End. We did. Yes. We were so excited. We said, oh gosh. Anyway, so Kevin Kwan, it is uh, that film. That's going to be happening. And they are working on China Rich Girlfriend, the sequel to Crazy Rich Asians. The same people. Okay, then, um, and did you like the author who read it to you on Audibles? I did. Okay. I'm liking, I'm, you know, get used to my voices. And I usually like to have the book and Audible, because Audible, you can read so much faster than you can listen. Mm-hmm. So that kind of frustrates you sometimes, because on Sunday afternoon, I really just kind of wanted to sit in my chair and turn the pages. Right. But when I listen to it, I feel like I got to do something. It's a weird oh. feeling, like I got to go on a walk or I got to be running around. I I, you just don't sit and listen, listen to a book. Yeah, right. I got it. It's a different feeling, yeah. but but it works. It all works. Now, the other book that I loved having someone read to me, oh. I was doing a lot of driving, it felt like, was The Vanishing <laughs> Half. And this, like you said, is number one on the New York Times list list by Britt Bennett. And um, it's the lies of twin sisters who run away from this southern black town called Mallard. Mallard. Mm -hmm. And they run away at the age of 16. But their town that they live in, Holly, is a town that it is light, very light skinned black people. And even other people are always struck at the community because there's so much lightness and people don't really talk about it because they're just like they all know each other. Right. It's so small town. But the twin sisters run away at age 16 and then one twin runs away from the other twin because she realizes she can pass for white and she wants to have a white life 
with all the easiness and privilege that goes along with it. And the other twin sister doesn't have that at all. And it is, it is such a thoughtful, eye-opening, yet wonderful novel of sister and family that and, I, I couldn't put it down. Oh, Lord, it's so good. Yeah. It was so good. And then, but what I thought was interesting in that just how they described and how she wove the story together that their children would somehow meet. Yes. And um, these two had not, the, the twins hadn't seen each other in 20, were 18. Yes, 20, 30 years or something. And, and just the woman, one of the twins that decided she would, cause they could pass for white, but they were black girls. Mm-hmm. Um, she had so much baggage and so many lies and had to spend so much and had to be, just her whole life was a lie. Well, yeah, it hiding her identity, right? And the and how much weight that carries, right? And, and then, how much it stops you why, from joy. And why did it matter? Exactly. You know, but yet it does. And, and the it time still frame, does. you know, when they were growing up was like this. What was it? Seventies. Yeah, seventies. And then be, befriending a black person and feeling bad about it. But it's even just, even for what is going on, like right totally, now, Lori. It really like you know the the very fact that people like white people can't understand like they don't even like when someone says oh i don't i've never felt that i was privileged right just in no and of itself by having white skin there's a privilege mm-hmm. and the, the acknowledgement of that and the way that's painted in this book showing you in all the big and small ways it makes your life easier and i thought back again to Todd Bridges, who was in that show Biz Kids oh, gosh, documentary. Yes. He was from the um, different strokes. Thank different you. Strokes. I was going to say Facts of Life, but I know. Um, when they did the interview with Melissa Gilbert and they showed it, and they were talking about Michael Landon and how important, like, doing the whole um, Little House on the Prairie because he was really the. The everything. guy behind all yeah. of that and said director, the executive producer, everything. But she just said even what we covered and what we talked about, and they showed that clip of Todd Bridges asking, you know, pa. Ms. Pa Ingalls, would you rather um be a a, a black man and live to be a hundred or be a white man and live to be fifty? And the way, you know, and he's just like a nine or eight year old boy asking that and how Pa just really has to look at it. He's like realizes he can't answer that. Right. So easily, it just—it yeah. makes you think. This it book, makes you, but it's think also. In a, I don't know. I found it just very. In the in, it's told know, from the different voices. So it's yeah. told from four different voices. Both of the twin sisters. We're talking about the vanishing half, and it's the hottest book right now. And it's told from the voices of the twin sisters, but also from their children's voices. Mm-hmm. And um, I I kind of had to like reread something that would be sad or something because both of the sisters are realizing. I mean, all of four characters are always realizing things all the time about what they never thought of, or they just accepted something the way it was or, or whatever. And so this is a book that does make you think, like you said, and you might reread it and, and HBO and Britt Bennett made a seven-figure deal for the adaptation of The vanity Vanishing Half to be like an eight- to ten-part series. Limited. It'll be... It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. For that. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you liked it so much. Because oh, I, I did. finished this a while ago. I 
And then it made me wonder if there are towns like Mallard, you know, in in uh, post-slavery South that were made up of, you know, light skinned people and, you know, uh, I don't know. And then, you know, and the whole different mindset of in the South, if you have one drop of black blood, you know, that's it. And then the daughter who doesn't realize she has any black blood and she's always been treated white. And I mean, it's just really it's. It's interesting. It, it, it's it's so thought provoking. It's moving. It's a good story too, and it's and it will make you open up your eyes yeah. to some things that you hadn't probably thought about mm-hmm. because, you know, and even the whole connection between the sisters. Absolutely, is wonderful. It's anyway. a great book. So the vanishing um, half and sex and vanity. We give it two big thumbs up. Yeah, There's four stars for both. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Uh, just uh, give us the dance of dragons, people. Now we got to talk about dragons. I know. What were you saying? I'm like, what is Dance of the Dragons? Dance of the Dragons. What is okay. this? Do you guys miss Game of Thrones or when it was, it was so good. That show was so good. It was so, so good. fun. It yes. was so fun. Yes, we watched it like the whole country watched yes. it. Like, I will say that, you know, Andy Cohen at the beginning of the pandemic, he discovered Game of Thrones and he never watched it in real, real time. time. And then he wanted to keep having conversations. And everyone's like, been there, done that? Yeah, but he just was getting shut down. And I think it was the first time he kind of prides himself as being the king of pop culture and everything. Yes. And he finally did, after he finished watching it, he did admit he felt like an ass for kept trying to talk to people when we'd... he. He needed to catch up, or you know, like keep like it to me yourself. Trying to go back and watch the ending of Breaking Bad. Yes, so been there, done that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a show, and we did wonder at the time, like, is that going to be the last show that we all watch together? Well, it turns out that's not. That but... isn't because the one Holly and I are watching on HBO. People are watching. We I also all watched Tiger you. King together. There People kind of did that, and, yes. you know. So, but as a TV series. So anyway, so. And I don't care how that damn show ended. I loved it for Same. as long as it went on. It, the re, it, it was so much fun every Sunday. It was. In the last year. It was so much fun just getting excited for whatever it was going to be because it was like a movie. Yes. And um, so anyway, so the prequel series, which is called Fire and Blood. Now, Holly, did you ever, you didn't read any of these books, did you? I did not. Okay. All right. No. Did you watch so Game of Thrones, Holly? No, no, uh, no, I didn't. I'm like Andy Cohen on this one. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you're behind. Okay. You, and you didn't care. But anyway, uh, for for one of the things that made that show so exciting were, I'm not going to lie, is the dragons. Oh, fun. It was the dragons and some the of the warring <laughs> and the sex. Yes, it was epic. It was and yes. it was epic in that way, and the and so it was just dragons, magic, you know, all of that. So, Fire and Blood, which is the prequel, is casting right now, and the speculation, the speculation, which this will be the earlier generation of Targaryen. Tig- yes, it, yeah, um, Targaryens, kings and queens, yes. which will include. What is called, if you read the George R. R. Martin books, yes. the Dance of the Dragons, the Targaryen Civil War that almost tore Westeros apart. And the Dance of Dragons is one of the most epic historical events in the whole Game of Thrones series. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I'm 
reading this from somebody else who's telling me this because yes. I've never read any exactly. of the books. Exactly. That's but okay. it's in in the Game of Thrones um, common information. Everyone knows that. Um, so it's not like everyone is telling anyway. But Fire and Blood is set up to be the best kind of prequel, taking us back to a world we love, but showing us a lot of new places and and new people. And it will include the most epic dragons of all the ones that precede what you was know left what daenerys yeah. had you know yeah. because those remember dinosaurs almost went extinct when we meet up with game of thrones yeah. so i guess in the game of thrones thing these three dragons that we have in this are epic dragons oh my gosh no but i'm just saying it i did mean look they were cool yes your they boys cool loved it the when fun. the I dragons know. holly i mean honestly it was, cool. it was so good i have seen the dragons from game of thrones they right cool. when stun- she, they'd ride the dragons yes and the dragons it was just epic in. and so anyway they're the greatest dragons basically in westeros history other, other than the ones that we saw yeah. at the end but there's many years in between so um anyway we're gonna get we're going to get, you know, giant charismatic dragons and everyone is going to be waiting for the casting announcements sure. for the it, show. Will it be like the Stark family, the Lannisters? Well, it's Westeros, yeah. Yeah, okay, so yeah. the history of those families, how they yes. came to be. Yes, I with think the be epic great. dragons. Yeah. And it is called Fire and Blood. I Love mean, it. you don't Perfect get name. better of a name <laughs> than that. <laughs> okay, so this came up yesterday. They're going to do a prequel to Greece. What do you think of that? I know. Okay. Sally, <laughs> it's the yeah. same thing that we all thought. I know. Just the look on your why? face. Why? That's we, basically Why? It. What are we going to see in eighth grade? No, I think we're going to see the summer loving. Yeah, you are. Happen in real, you know, the lyrics to the song. You're going to mm-hmm. see what happened to all these people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to be more excited about. You should be. Um, this is something that's being done the, right the, now. The fire like, and blood. This is something that's being right done. They're doing a documentary called Return The Return of the Orca. And what was the Orca? It was the Jaws boat name from Martha's Martha's Vineyard. So they are um this is being done right now. They are um, For Shark Week or something and later Shark being, Week coming up. Yeah, the Orca the Orca boat is being rebuilt from scratch under the supervision of people who designed the original boat. And it's it's being used for conservation in this new documentary that's being filmed called Return of the Orca. And I've never thought about that boat since the who movie. Has? You know, researching <laughs> marine life and helping people better understand the varieties of shark species in the area around Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, this must be a little teaser for Shark Week because I they are promoting is. the heck out yeah. of that. You know, I do kind of like to. I go through the thing and you, I look and see for a new show. Yeah, and I just will. We have Wait. Mike Tyson allegedly oh, getting true. in the quote-unquote ring right. with a shark. Right. I'll totally watch that. That <laughs> thirst trap has worked on me for sure. I mean, I, I Remember will. when we were in New York and the promotion, was it, for one of the very first Shark Weeks, was these giant lifeguard stands that you'd see on the beach yes. up and down Fifth Avenue? Yes. It was the coolest thing, and you'd see a, a lifeguard or life, you know, life girl, life God, boy. I totally forgot about that. It was so cool. 
Oh, back what when if, there was promotions. What if, what if, I mean, yeah, I just don't know even know what to say about that, Julia. It's just a good memory. Yeah. It was a clever thing. Remember, we were just like, look at that for Shark Week. I thought it was cool. We were very impressed. That was our, you know, background was coming up with cool marketing ideas mm-hmm. and like that. Had that was a great idea. behind it. It did. You know. It did. To have a life, real lifeguard wooden and it, stand. Right. And then you had this little bit of social media pushing it out there and. Away we went. Shark Week coming around the corner. We'll be back. Stay with us. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.